Today's Bible reading focuses on a miracle. Now, as I was preparing it, curiosity compelled me to look at the miracles of Jesus, all of them that are recorded in the gospel. Now, one list I found noted 37 separate miracles. Of those 37 miracles, three are simple demonstrations of power over nature. Walking on water, collecting a coin from a fish's mouth, withering a tree. Another four of those 37 miracles have to do with abundance or safety. Turning water into wine, feeding the 5,000 and another 4,000, and then calming a storm. But the remaining 30 miracles, the remaining 30 miracles all deal with life and its fullness, with healing. Evil spirits are driven out, withered hands are restored, eyes are opened, and the dead are raised. What are the main signs of Jesus' power and authority? Healing and restoration. Healing and restoration. So take a moment and contrast these ways of Jesus with the ways that we demonstrate our authority and our power. Now, like Jesus, we sometimes assert our clout through acts that are life-giving. We donate our time or financial resources or our skills to organizations that bless our neighbors. Sometimes we are like Jesus. But often we aren't. We assert our influence in a ways that abuse and cripple. We raise our voices and assert our physical appearance, our presence. We slander our enemies and gossip about our neighbors. We hire lawyers to intimidate and threaten. These are the ways of individuals, and these are the ways of our nations. Want to show other nations who's in control? Well, test a few missiles or parade your latest military hardware. Power and authority are often exhibited in ways that threaten and destroy. But when it comes to Jesus, his exercise of power and authority is almost always connected to life. As we resume our study of the book of Acts, and we have skipped over Pentecost, you may realize we'll be coming back when we celebrate Pentecost 40 days after Easter. As we resume the book of Acts, uh, we realize that those disciples who had been waiting for the gift Jesus promised have now received the Holy Spirit. The church has celebrated its birthday, and the now-empowered disciples are boldly sharing the good news of their crucified Savior who has come back to life. In today's reading, as you've already heard, Peter and John have gone to the temple for an afternoon prayer service. At the temple gate, they encounter a crippled beggar. You've heard the story. He's looking for a handout, no doubt, He was well accustomed to his disability, and a few coins were the most 
he believed he could hope for. But what he gets is astounding. It exceeds his greatest expectations. He finds healing. And the man, we are told, when he is healed, went into the temple with them, walking back and forth, dancing and praising God. Everyone who saw this was amazed at what happened. They instantly recognized that this miracle, that this was a miracle. I mean, the crippled man was a fixture at that gate. This miracle provides Peter with the authority to preach his second sermon in Acts. Um, In the passage that follows, the passage we didn't read, he retells the story about Jesus, Jesus' death and resurrection, and he makes it clear that this healing is all the ongoing work of Jesus. He says to the crowds, it is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Once again, Jesus is associated with healing and restoration. Jesus' ministry continues through his church. Of course, healing isn't the only way to gather a crowd and get some attention. Mending legs isn't the only option to demonstrate power and authority. If Jesus' power could get a man upright, a man who hadn't used his leg muscles for decades, and and most of us know how hard it is to get our legs functioning in the morning, if Jesus' power can get a lame man dancing in the temple, well, then Jesus' power could also have been used in different ways, in ways that don't bless but gather attention all the same. Jesus' power could have used to, been used to make the disciples' robes start, robes start shining and sparkling, or even cause the beggar to fall down dead from a sudden stroke. Either way, the people would be paying attention, wouldn't they? But as with the case of Jesus' ministry before his ascension, Jesus' work through the church is concerned with healing and restoration. Does this mean that healing happens everywhere? Does this mean that miracle, miraculous healings happen all the time? I think we'll have to agree that no, the answer is no. While we aren't told how many years this man had been begging at the temple, it's noted that his condition was congenital. He was born with it. It's also clear from the story that he was an old fixture at the gate. People recognized him because he had been there for ages. Undoubtedly, this man had suffered much over many years. It's even possible that the man had seen and heard Jesus during Jesus' earthly ministry. Yes, the temple had many gates, But Jesus had frequented the temple, and his disciples were using that gate where the man was parked each day. This healing doesn't tell us that miracles happen everywhere and all the time. But this healing does tell us that in places where death seems to have the upper hand, the promise of resurrection persists. That in places where death seems to have the upper hand, 
the promise of resurrection persists. More than that, it tells us that God continues to enlist others to give that life, which is God's final purpose. God continues to enlist others to give that life, which is God's final purpose. Preacher William Willimon notes that here is a community which does not simply offer suffering people kind words of empathy. This community possesses the same power so manifest in the ministry of Jesus. And so it seems that contemporary Christian communities should be connected with healing and restoration, whether or not this work is deemed miraculous. I think if you poke around, you'll find that many Christian communities are. I I mean, I can see this in our prayer ministry here at St. Andrews. A couple months ago, after the worship service, we gathered for prayer and for anointing with oil. A number of you came forward. Now, to be clear, at least in my in what I saw or observed, there were no instantaneous miraculous healings at that meeting. But since then, at least a couple of health issues that people have brought, had brought forward were brought back to me as having been significantly addressed. That's right. There have been healings. Thanks be to God. At the same time, our online prayer group has grown and has begun to flourish. This was something forced upon us by the physical distancing of COVID. We needed a place to share our concerns. And so I opened up a private group attached to our church's page. The prayers don't need to come through the passage. Uh, pastor, the prayers are simply shared by those who are in the group. It started out with me inviting people that I knew were already on Facebook. People have since invited their own friends. And the group has grown to include people outside of St. Andrews, the St. Andrews community, with concerns that stretch right across the world. I mean, if you'd like to take part, just request an invite on the page or send me an email. But you should know that we are receiving new requests almost every day. And there have also been notable answers to prayer. Thanks be to God. God's healing power is at work among us. Now, sometimes our seniors confide in me that they are discouraged, that they can't take a more active role in the church community. I try to remind them that prayer is something available for everyone, maybe even even more so for them. What I think we should all know, what we should all remember, is that this sort of activity isn't a booby prize. This isn't the leftovers. This is where God's action is. This is where God's healing power is at work. As our own statement of faith, living faith, reminds us, Life in Christ is formed in a believing community and expressed in daily living. We are to bring Christ's healing presence to the world for which he died. We are to bring Christ's healing presence to the world for which he died, his peace to its pain and anguish. Well, may this continue to be so at St. Andrew's.
Amen and Amen.